1: you are now in the underdog sports fantasy hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined as always by Anchu Kana. Anchu, I know you were the lone wolf the other day and I appreciate you taking one for the team, but uh, it is good to be back here with you, buddy, for week 3 of the comeback tour.
0: Yes, it is. It's uh needless to say if anyone actually listened to that, it is a, a far cry from having your dulcet tones on here, so yeah, apologies on my yeah or on my part for that. But, uh, yeah, excited to talk about a lot of stuff. We're, like, suddenly ramping up to actual sprots. It's pretty sweet.
1: It is indeed. I'm looking forward to uh, some NFL football on the horizon. Hopefully, you know, this, this virus doesn't, uh, you know, have any any speed bumps along the way to that season. But the NBA, we talked about it on the first show back Doing things the right way. The playoffs are in full swing, and I want to lead off the show with that. We'll get to some NFL fantasy talk and some betting lines on BovadaSportsBook.com, as we do quite often on this show. But I want to kind of talk through what's been going on in the basketball world and talk through your thoughts on kind of how you see things shaking out. Uh, first of all, you know, we've had an interesting start. You had the Magic beating the Bucks and the Blazers beating the Lakers in the first games from the 1-8 and eight matchups in the Eastern and Western Conferences obviously those both of those series have turned in a big way the other direction um but outside of those those series and kind of the swing that we've seen there what have you seen as the most intriguing matchup here on the East and the Western Conference sides in this first round of these NBA playoffs
0: oh man i mean it's been fascinating you know we've talked about it not on the show really but like i, I mean it's really interesting having no fans and like just figuring out, like, who are the great practice players, you know, because you've got, like – I mean, not to say that these are practices, obviously, like, the the competition's super fierce, but, like, it's – I mean, I think that um, it's bringing out the best in guys that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have expected, like T.J. Warren and those types. The the guys like Devin Booker and the way the Suns closed out the regular season was so impressive. But when you think about the playoffs, I mean (laughs) – it's just so cool to see like Luca take that step, you know, and to see what they've done against the Clippers team that I, I don't think many people give them much of a chance against. It's like that series to me is so intriguing, not because I really think the Mavs have any chance of beating them at this stage, especially if Porzingis out, but like it's just it's just fun to see like Luca measure up ahead of you know against the best player arguably in the league in Kawhi and like. You know, just, just to see that matchup and maybe the Mavs arrive a year and a half early, you know, and, uh, you know, and, like, reset expectations for 2021. I, I Like, I love that stuff. And, um, like, I, I don't know that any of those teams are going to make a big run, but, like, same thing with the Thunder. I mean, I give the I give the Thunder no chance. I thought they had a good chance at being, like, a top-five pick type team to come back off the mat down too well against the Rockets team that's been here so many times and has every motivation in the world to try to be, you know, to try to get over that hump, especially James Harden. I mean, for them to tie the series is, it blows me away, honestly. And and I'm not a Chris Paul fan, but what they've done led by him has been to me extraordinary. And, uh, you know, and then there's obviously the Nuggets. I think that maybe less about that series in particular, because I'm not like super compelled by the two teams, but that like just when you talk about such an even matchup between the Nuggets and Jazz, I know we were texting about Jamal Murray, your boy earlier i mean that's that what he did today that's that's fun too so this has been from that perspective like from an eat just like a fun competitive matchup standpoint that's been really interesting as well to see.
1: Yeah, Murray, I think had 33 points in the second half in that game. Ended yeah. up with 42 after you know a slow start. Um, I agree. It's it's the least compelling matchup. You put that in a, in a. You worded that right. It's it's not one that has our eyes glued to the TV, but the matchup itself is interesting. I think I think you nailed it though. Oklahoma City. I, I don't think anybody expected them to be in this series, especially you know the Rockets been playing pretty well in the bubble. You have. Uh, Russell Westbrook, who's been banged up. But Oklahoma State, we talked about this when it happened, but they did really well in that uh, Paul George trade. They did as mm-hmm. well as they possibly could have done. You have guys like Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Shy Gilgis who's had a really good run here in these playoffs too. And Chris Paul, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you, I know you mentioned you, you're not a huge fan of his, but it's hard to ignore that he's still kind of got it. I mean, what is he, 36 oh, yeah. at this point or 37? and he, he's, still, I mean, he's still a floor general out there. Uh, you know, leading this team to to two in a row and, and getting them back to even is is really fun to watch. I think mm-hmm. I think this round is, is you know it, it's not grabbing my attention as much as I would have hoped the NBA playoffs would coming back. I'll be honest. Uh, it was mm-hmm. fun to see Orlando get a win. It was fun to see. Uh, you know, the Blazers get a win. Now Damian Lillard's not even going to play in this next game of the series. So the Lakers are you know probably going to win that in five. You expect the Bucks to win in five. You had a bunch of sweeps in the first round. I mean, Philadelphia, I know that's Chris's guy, uh, Chris's team. (laughs) And, 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 you know, obviously they've had injury problems themselves, but they've got to be pretty embarrassed to get swept by Boston, who is really a rival of theirs coming into Mm -hmm. these playoffs. I mean, that's the team I would say is the biggest disappointment here in the bubble.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I, you know, there was some buzz around the Pacers. They also get swept by a worse team in the Heat, but like, you know, at least they had some, some excuse. And like, you're right. Like the Sixers, I think can't, coming into the bubble, you got to think with those two guys and, you know, really a star studded lineup, you come into the playoffs or I'm sorry, into the season with, you know, Tobias Harris and, you know, you add Al Horford and you've got all these, you know, ancillary pieces that are supposed to be super talented around him i mean there was every reason with two healthy stars like that that they should come into this bubble and be ready to go and like this is a perfect you know all-out sprint for them to really put it together and instead we're talking about them getting swept and their coach being fired so yeah i mean there's can't uh you know really can't like excuse that performance like to not even win a game is embarrassing i know that ben simmons uh, didn't play, uh, you know, much at all. But, like, that's still – got to win a couple games. Like, And I think that, like, you know, I, I always go back to this. I'm so deferential to Brad Stevens, and it, it really doesn't matter who they have on the court. It just feels like they're generally going to outperform their expectations. And I know last year was a little bit of an off – or last year really just the, the – our boy Kyrie. The Kyrie effect pretty much just – Totally ruined them, but with Kemba Walker, they're a totally different team, and I think they're a very dangerous team in these playoffs
1: too. Yeah, Brad Stevens gets an extension, which kind of brings up an interesting point. You mentioned the Brett Brown firing. You've got some interesting names being thrown around in the NBA coaching carousel. I've heard Ty Lue is back on the radar for a few of the teams that are going to be looking for coaches. I've heard Jawan Howard's name thrown around. Uh, Some say right. Jay Wright yeah, and Villanova, your, your boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's definitely some some fun names that, uh, you know, could surface as we start to see teams trying to fill vacancies. But uh, Bovada's got Houston at minus 165 still to win that series. That's even at two. Uh, that's I mean, that's still a far cry for Oklahoma City coming into that series. I don't think anybody had them at plus 145, which is, mm-hmm. you know, where Bovada has them now. And then the interesting one, I know we're looking ahead a little bit, but we just talked a lot about Boston. Toronto is still flying under the radar, and mm-hmm. they're minus one forty-five to win that series against the Celtics. Which I, I know we'll talk about it as it draws closer, but uh, that's one that uh, I think should be a, a very interesting one to watch.
0: I agree. I mean, Fred Van VanVleet just has been insane in in this really in this revamp, uh, you know, this restart, and you know against the against the Nets, he leads them in scoring. They have four guys averaging seventeen and a half points a game, like. I, I mean, they're a very dangerous team, but that being said, I just, I like you said, like, I, I mean, I'm so deferential to Stevens, and I, I think that with Kemba and with some of those other pieces, I actually like Boston in that series outright. So um, I know that the Raptors deserve our respect after last year and what they've done in the restart, and Van Bleep is a free agent that's going to make himself a ton of, just a ton of money. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think they're... They just don't have enough in my mind to compete with the Celtics. In ter- well, I shouldn't say compete, but I don't think they, they win that series. I, you know, It's not like the Celtics were beaten at all by the Sixers either. So, um, yeah, I think that's that'll be interesting, but I do like the Celtics there.
1: There's some fun matchups, though. I mean, obviously the Western Conference is going to have good matchups in the second round regardless of how things shake out. But you look at that matchup in the East, and I just feel like I feel like it's going to be tough to top that. I think think Toronto's underrated. Mm-hmm. I think Boston's going to go in even though Toronto's the favorite from a betting standpoint as far as you see it here on Bovada. I think that Toronto's going to go in um, you know with a, with a good chance to win that series. I know I know Boston everybody's mm. going to be looking at them, but I, I still like Toronto. I know they lose Kawhi and he's the reason they won a title last year. You think back to that, you know, that that shot uh, against Philadelphia that just barely Goes in and, and hits that front rim and then at the buzzer to win and you know some of the moments that you saw in the in the playoffs last year but I I really still I, I think I'm going to have to go with Toronto here I know that Boston wow, has the firepower like but I'm going to have to go the opposite uh, side on that one with you but we'll we'll talk more about it as it uh, as it comes to the forefront in a week or so but I, I do I do like that series when I'm looking ahead to uh, what we have in the NBA but um, I, I know that this show is largely an NFL show and, you know, obviously the timing of things and with us coming back and, uh, you know, things working out, that's really what we're here to talk about, aren't you? I know week to week we get really excited to talk about fantasy sports, to talk about betting lines. You know, it's going to be an interesting college football year. We probably won't have as much of that to talk about, or at least in the same way that we have in the past. But as far as it looks, the NFL is moving ahead forward. And, uh, you know, it, it looks like things are at least so far, OK, I know we had the, the, the what was it, the, the, there was like 77 false positives uh, COVID yeah. tests, which was kind of a weird situation that kind of cleaned itself up. But it, mm-hmm. it, it looks like a lot of teams, I know the Bengals announced today they're not going to have fans at least week one. I'm sure it'll probably carry on into the season. I know that several other teams have announced that, but it looks like we're going to at least have football when we're supposed to outside of the preseason.
0: Yeah, it's, I agree. I like it, it's going to be, it's just coming very quickly, but I think that we're going to have it. I do think that, like, the fact that some teams sound like they may have a few fans in the stadiums and others won't is kind of just a complete oddity. But other than that, I, I, I don't know. I give, a, I got to give the players a lot of credit. And, you know, Goodell sort of stayed the course, which, Um, you know, I, I don't think that he necessarily had all his ducks in a row, but I think that luckily his 32 constituents have done a good job and the players are really holding themselves responsible again. Like I'm a little concerned about all of this happening the way it's supposed to, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it actually works out. And like, we actually get, uh, you know, the season that we are, we're all hoping for the full season, the first full season of any sport.
1: Yeah, it's hard for us not to be optimistic uh, when we haven't had sports, you know, the way that we're supposed to. I have to I have to stop. G-Lito's still got a no hitter going through eight. I I know I'm (laughs) going to jinx it by saying that. And I know we're recording late here on on Tuesday night. But hopefully at the end of the show, we can say live that it happened. But uh, it's definitely not going to now. Uh, I think it's safe (laughs) to say.
0: You totally did not jinx it at all. Yeah.
1: Uh, but let, let's start. I know like it's a, we're the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. We want to talk fantasy. We'll get to the betting lines and some futures and some fun stuff with Bovada. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about fantasy. I want to hear specifically uh, w- what your thoughts are, what we can see production-wise out of some rookies this year. I know you're a huge NFL Combine guy. I know you've been following these guys through college. And, and uh, I would like to hear a few guys that you think can make an impact in fantasy football right out of the gate obviously this is a unique year because there hasn't been a preseason training camp's been a little wonky but are there are there two or three or maybe four guys that you can see making an impact for a fantasy owner out of the gate because a lot of these fantasy owners use the preseason to determine how they draft and where they rank uh rookie players but this year they can't really do that because there is no preseason
0: right very true um you know it's it's going to be fascinating because of the fact that like they've been able to get on these Zoom calls. I think that the player, the rookies, are probably a little bit ahead of where they otherwise would be in terms of, like, understanding playbooks just because they've had to because it's been a mental game for them um for the entirety of the offseason, really. That's the only way they, they've been able to interact with their coaches. But now that they're on the field, you know, like, they're obviously, you know, it's going to separate the good from the, you know, mediocre. And um that's going to be interesting. But, like, I think if you try to combine – the smarter players in my mind with like, I don't know that some of the, the draft performances that we saw, the combine performances that we saw, I like it's impossible to deny Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and the opportunity ahead of him in Kansas city, because of, um, you know, what's happened with Damian Williams opting out and, you know, the backfield basically being his to start the season. I find it very difficult to believe that Andy Reid will hand him the full share, but you know he is built for this i mean we saw him with Joe Burrow that whole season he was the guy touched the ball a ton you know great in pass protection for LSU and now he's playing with Pat Mahomes i have a you know you got to think that by the second half of the season if he's healthy this guy is going to be you know an absolute rock star at running back um but you know again like you said we haven't seen it so it's hard to you know sort of project that without ever having seen him in that backfield or seeing them move in live action um but you know got to think that he's he's the number one guy amongst rookies in terms of non quarterbacks. But, you know, then obviously, you know, you've got also let's, let's go to a receiver first and then the obvious one. So the receiver receivers, you've got Justin Jefferson, I think in Minnesota, he steps in for Stephon Diggs. I think that his opportunity is going to be great. I love, I mean, again, LSU um, obviously with Burrow and, you know, he's just, I, I think that he is made for this right away out of the gate in terms of his polish. And, ability to get open in the NFL size. And, um, I just think that that's a really good fit. I don't know how much they're going to throw now. Um, but I do think that they, you know, to the extent they do throw, he is easily their number two option. And there's really no close third after Thielen in terms of the pass game, obviously Dalvin Cook catches a lot of balls. Kyle Rudolph steals some touchdowns here and there, and then they have Irv Smith in his second year. But I do really, really like, um, really like Justin Jefferson. And then just like the obvious one is Joe Burrow, of course, and those two guys coming off of – out of his offense. And, you know, I'm sure I'm, this is no secret to you, obviously, and I'll defer to you a little bit after this. But, I like, what, I, what we've been reading about him and take it with a grain of salt, obviously, but the beat reporters seem almost giddy about his performances. And, you know, we know what he's come into in terms of skill position guys all around him. It's just can that offensive line keep him upright? And, you know, how is he going to – <laughs> right and and you know how is he is going to play four games against two very very good defenses in the Steelers and Ravens from last year so um but the rest of it's going to be kind of a last place schedule which is good for him and uh yeah I mean you rarely go in and draft rookie quarterbacks and especially in one quarterback leagues but I really don't know how you ignore Joe Burrow going into this year in terms of rookies
1: yeah I uh, well I mean I think that it's difficult to gauge how much success you're going to get out of him without seeing him in the preseason to my earlier point. I, yeah, I I think Joe Burrow has all the tools to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, but even if he's going to be that long-term, he's going in with a with a very questionable at best. I mean, that's the the best way I could say it offensive line. (laughs) I mean, they, they just aren't good. And even though we get, uh, you know, some Jonah Williams, Williams. you mentioned, we get back. I mean, we, we have some, some pieces there, but it, you you haven't really seen it, and in the the training camp situations, we haven't seen uh, very much positive from that offensive line, at least in reports, and that includes national and and the beat writers. So I don't know what to expect out of Joe Burrow production wise. I think that he has the tools to be a good quarterback, and I think you know three, four, five, six weeks in, sure, I I think Joe Burrow could be productive, but. Is he worth taking – I mean, we obviously have a two-quarterback league that that that's our main league, but I don't think that's the standard in most fantasy situations. So I don't know if I'm uh, – maybe as my second or third quarterback, he's he's a guy that I would take. But I, I certainly wouldn't be taking him – taking a flyer on him as my, my workhorse quarterback in a one-quarterback league in any situation mm-hmm. personally. I mean, I, I just – I couldn't do that with good conscience.
0: I, I... – Understand that for sure, but I think that like if you look at the guys that are going to have to be drafted as starters, you know, like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth guys, like you've got, you know, your your Stafford's, your I don't know, cams, I guess, are in that. I, I don't know who's in that range really, to be honest, in terms of ADP. But like, I do think that when you think about Burrow, like he's as worth a lottery ticket upside shot as anybody else, and. I know that the first week is against a good defense so that, you know, that obviously doesn't make it any easier to take him. But I guarantee you he'll be drafted. I, I mean, I would be taking him if I don't have like one of those top four or five guys for sure in terms of just like because you're not going to get a chance at him later, you know. And, and I get what you're saying, too. Like, but I'm not, I'm not drafting him to be like my guy. I don't think at least at first, but it's impossible to ignore all those pieces that he has around him. It's just uh, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And A.J. Green back at practice tomorrow, I believe, Wednesday or today, as you guys are listening to this for the first time. What about Mm C.D. Lamb? He's a guy that Dallas took that was really excited he dropped to. He's a guy that I feel like could get a lot of looks. It sounds like they're going to try him at all three wide receiver positions. I mean, we've seen rookie wide receivers that get different looks, you know, D.J. Moore, Christian Kirk, these guys who can kind of stretch the field but also work well in the slot. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about C.D. Lamb working in that Hopefully, explosive Dallas offense. We know they have a great offensive line. We know they have a great run game. Obviously, you have Amari Cooper. Dak Prescott's getting paid. Uh, what, do you think, what do you think? What do you think of, of
0: Ceedee Lamb? Oh man, I I don't know. I I, I love Ceedee Lamb. I think that I I mean I think that in any other offense he'd be going very high in fantasy football drafts. But because of what Dallas has, and I don't mean them being a bad offense, but Andy Dalton. I just – Andy Dalton, yep. But, like, you know, he's, what, the number three receiver probably. Learning
1: I, from the best. Learning
0: from the best, that's <laughs> right. But, like, you've got you got Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. You've got Zeke. you got, you know, like, I mean, Dak, say what you want about him for better or for worse. It's just – and a new coach. Like, I just think there. – my guess is I will not own Ceedee Lamb in many leagues, and I, I totally get that. That might lose me some because he's a kind of, like – ticket that punches that ends up being like, you know, a league type winner, you know, he's, he's so, so talented. I think he's easily the best, uh, you know, receiver in this draft. And uh, I mean, it's just a tough spot to be in. So I, I would have to hesitate on him for this year, but I guarantee I'll, I'll have him in the future for sure.
1: All right. I respect that. Let's, let's move on a little bit from fantasy. Yeah. Obviously we're going to come back heavy uh, in the next couple weeks, but, Wanted to get your thoughts on some of these uh, prop bets, some of these futures bets here on Bovada. With the NFL, I always like to have fun with these at the beginning of the season, and I know we kind of touch on them as the season goes along, but being that this one's so weird, MVP winner, obviously the two big names here are Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, the favorite at plus 400. Uh, Russell Wilson's right there at plus 850. Tom Brady, the number four best odds. Some interesting names, though, when you look down this list. You've got Cam Newton at plus 1,500. Josh Allen is there at plus 2,200. Joe Burrow has worse odds than Jameis Winston, which is (laughs) hilarious to me. Uh, Jarrett Stidham has, has about twice as good of odds as Joe Burrow. So there there's some fun stuff on here, but is there a dark horse that you could see running away with an MVP this year? I mean, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook at plus seventy seven hundred. I know that the Vikings generally underperform. Um Jimmy Garoppolo plus thirty five hundred right there with Baker Mayfield. I mean, there's some interesting names down this list. Is there anybody that you would take a flyer on with some kind of long shot odds?
0: <sighs> Man, I mean longer I no. shot odds? And no, I I like it's just so obvious. Hey, there you go. I. It's just so obvious to me that Mahomes is the favorite, deserved. Like even at plus 400, I feel like that's almost a bargain. I just. I assume that he's going to be on tour, you know, this year and just crushing it. But, um, you know, Russell Wilson obviously is someone you have to look at with the fact that you know you got DK Metcalf in year two. Who knows, you know, there's been rumors around them with Antonio Brown, um, you know, if, if they were to get him in the second half, he might be a worthwhile addition if he can actually play for more than two games at a time. Um, I mean, I like the cam call. That was a really interesting one that you just brought up. I, and I, I don't know. I think that that's that's one to for sure watch. Um and you know, like I, I'm the biggest Matt Stafford apologist, but I just feel like you know, last year people forget that through I think it was eight games he had like, you know, 24 touchdowns. like he was crushing. He was on pace for 40 touchdowns. It's just hard because you know these guys they have, have to, to win for, though, they
1: right? Have you, have win. you have to win. You have to win. You have to be on a winning team yeah. to win MVP, and exactly. I guess that's the thing with Matthew exactly. Stafford. And and those two names though that you mentioned, this next award I feel like those two names are ones that are really. Interesting, and that's the the AP NFL Comeback Player of the Year, which Mm, I think Matthew Stafford and Cam Newton could both be right there in the running, and obviously the odds Mm. agree here on Bovada. They've got Stafford at plus 725 and Cam Newton at plus 300. Uh, Roethlisberger is at plus 300. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> A.J. Green's there at plus the 1,000. Colin Kaepernick, oh. who has not even signed, is on that list, and so is Andy Dalton. I mean, there's some some fun names. I know you're you're a big Jordan Reed apologist as well. He's there at plus 5,500. Uh, so, really, this is just a, a, a who's who of Anshu's favorite players.
0: <laughs> um, by the way, Lucas, you lead a one-out away from the no-hitter. So. Oh, God, you just um, jinxed it worse than I did. I know, totally. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that uh, – Jordan Reed. Yeah. That's, that's a fun one. You got to, anytime you can get the number three tight end on an offense, you got to do it. Steven um, Gostkowski
1: on this list.
0: <laughs> what is I, okay. I don't Plus know. Plus 7,700. Um, crazy. I mean, it's so like Cam's obviously a really good shot there. Stafford's a, has a good chance at it. And then, you know, you've got, I don't Bronkowski? know. Gronk's not a bad call. I was thinking the same thing. Um, but you know, there's, a lot of times the winner of these awards are like, you know, you laughed about, we laugh about Dalton, but uh, it's just one of those things where like, it's a lot of times it's like the backup court, you know, like Teddy Bridgewater or someone like that ends up winning it. Not this year, obviously, because he played last year, but like, you just never know. It's going to probably be like the backup of some, some journeyman veteran, veteran who's not starting right now.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. What about coach of the year? There's a lot of names on here that are high up on this list that, you know, I mean, Belichick still is, has the best odds. Him and Bruce Arians are tied with plus 1,000. So, obviously, Tom Brady has a pretty significant impact on the betting uh, that we're looking at here on Bovada. But there's, there's a lot of names that I feel like probably will be thrown around in talks of potentially winning AP Coach of the Year. Obviously, we saw some significant oh. coaching changes this offseason. Did it just happen?
0: It did. It did. Live. Oh, man. Lucas Diolito, no hitter.
1: Everybody cares about that that is recording this show and nobody cares about that that is listening to this show, but we're excited about it. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I had to interrupt. No, that was, I love it. Wow. He ripped the, the guy ripped the ball down the line. I'm, sure, and, I'm uh, sure it
1: wasn't Eloy that made the play. No,
0: it was not. It was not. It, it was uh, whoever whoever's in right field there might've been angle. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Very good. Cool. That is Socks cool. Are good.
1: They're back baby.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yes sir. All right, sorry. I missed it. I was so wrapped up in that. It's all right. That we did that
1: live. Not a, not a problem. That's exciting. <laughs> I'm 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 with it. Um but yeah, AP coach of the year. I think this is yes, this sorry, is an interesting yeah. award, I think because mm-hmm. of so many names on so many teams that you know, there's there are big names that have changed teams. There's obviously, you know, some interesting situations. We mentioned Bruce Arians being there at the top of the list at plus 1000. Mike McCarthy's back in the mix. Mix, he's right there at plus 1300 with the third best odds. So, I mean, there's there's some interesting ones. Stefanski's up there toward the top. A lot of weird names that uh, I don't expect, you know, necessarily to come away with it, but that have really, you know, the strongest odds to win. So I guess my question to you is, you were you very closely following the coaching carousel. I know that, you know, there's some names out here that are kind of, you know, the ones you expect to see, like Bill Belichick uh Vrabel's moved his name up that list Andy Reid's right there Kyle Shanahan you know the the usual suspects but who who here do you think maybe could surprise some people and have a better year than expected I mean
0: I you know like for coach of the year you generally have to look at the guys that jump up from the bottom essentially or like non-playoff teams I think that you know like McVay has done it recently Shanahan's done it recently McCarthy's going to be a guy that everyone's looking at obviously but you know, Belichick is almost year in, year out the guy, right? And then this is the first year he's not gonna have Brady since what, since Castle jumped in for a little bit there that one year. I mean, I feel like this is a prime year for him to win it. Like if they are anything with Cam Newton, I think there's a decent chance of that happening. Um another team that like, you know, there's there's just not much around is the Panthers. I think Matt Rule is a guy to watch out for because I don't think that that team is going to compete very well in that division in terms of wins and losses, but I could see them being like a little bit better and like a little bit under the radar. And then, but my favorite one by far is my boy, Cliff Kingsbury. I just think that, you know, there's, they're obviously like the hot team right now, the hot name, but like, I I just, I think that they are going to make the big leap this year. And uh, I'm a big fan of his. So I I think that that, that's the value play in my mind.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, Th- that's a interesting team to to kind of watch cuz kyler murray's high pretty high up on the mvp list obviously deandre hopkins was just an absolutely huge addition for them um it's it's going to be interesting to see how how they perform with this kind of new look uh offense and they've got you know some big names as well so interesting to see how that all plays out for sure Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a team to watch. I know he's kind of saw glimpses of that offense and what he could do with them with, uh, Kyler Murray and obviously it'll continue to, to see how that plays out. But I think that's a good call out for sure. Mm. Um, another one, AP NFL offensive rookie of the year. I know obviously Burrow's the favorite here at plus 275. You talked a lot about Edwards Hilaire as a sleeper, or at least a, a rookie to watch out for there in Kansas city. Uh, there's a few other names here with Tua Tagovailoa. You've got Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, my boy, uh, CD Lamb's right here. What do you mm. think of of some names that maybe could could kind of work their way to the forefront here? I mean, J.K. Dobbins had a great career, uh, you know, at, at Ohio State. There's some other interesting names here on this list: uh, AJ Dillon, Jalen Hurts, obviously, you know, Justin Jefferson, another guy you talked about. But some fun rookies that we could probably see getting more playing time this year. And maybe in past years with rookies.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting. That's a good point. I mean, I to me this is like a no the no brainer of all no brainers. Like, I mean, I first of all the quarterback's almost always the one that's going to win. And then when you have such an obvious quarterback choice, like I I, I don't want to put too much of a jinx on this, but hopefully it works out like Giolito for you. And uh, <laughs> I think I just I think that it's going to be Burrow. Like I will put several dollars on 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 Burrow for sure and uh, like I I really don't see I guess like Edward Tolaire and then Tua but Tua's not even probably going to start the season at quarterback and you know like I just I don't see him playing much I don't see Herbert playing obviously don't see Jordan Love playing and so I like if we're just looking at rookie quarterbacks like Burrow's by far the guy and then for everything else I mean I love Jonathan Taylor but he's not even necessarily starting an there's really no one unless c d lamb really emerges um that's even close in terms of talent either in terms of offensive skill position guys, and so I mean it's Burrow with a bullet in my mind,
1: fair. You know, we haven't done this in a while. There's a lot of other categories, obviously, that Spavata's got. If you, if you haven't, go check out some of these futures. Uh, we're going to go through the lines like we did last year for pretty much every game as we get closer and closer. But I just want to hear, because we've been away from this for so long. And obviously, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have football. We didn't know if we were going to have football on time. Then the preseason gets canceled. Now fans aren't going to the game. So I, I just want to do right. a, a little bit of a zero bias here. And talk mm. about our teams. I'd like to hear kind of what your thoughts are on Green Bay. We've heard a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers, what his future is going to look like in Green Bay. Obviously, Aaron Jones emerges last year. You still got Devontae Adams. The defense looked better at times last year. But 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 what do you see out of Green yeah. Bay coming into this year? Do you think that they can muster up some of that uh, <laughs> magic that we saw last year? I know they had kind of a good run and then made it made it to the playoffs and had a, a pretty solid year after. You know, a little bit of a rocky start out of the gate, but what do you see out of the Green Bay Packers coming into this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, 13-3, and three, they uh, they get the bye, they win the division, they play Seattle at home, um, you know, look really good in that game, obviously go to the NFC title game and get embarrassed uh, again for the second time against San Francisco. That's that's going to be, like, kind of their M.O. until they do what better against Kyle Shannon. They have the Niners on the schedule, obviously, this year again, um, having that first-place schedule. And so I think that that's sort of like the barometer for them. Um, I I do think that they're going to be a lot better offensively. I just – I would be – I think what you will see from Green Bay this year is a 14-14 and 14 that's going to be a lot worse in terms of record but better in terms of on-field performance, which is – I mean, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think that they – are going to get further either, which is unfortunate, obviously, for Packer fans. But they feel like, especially with the expanded playoffs, they definitely feel like a playoff team to me. Um, I I think that Rodgers is going to have a massive chip on his shoulder. And I think year two in Matt LaFleur's offense is going to be a good thing for him. You know, Matt Ryan in his second year with LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan uh, won an MVP for Atlanta. And so I think that that's kind of the same kind of thing you'll see. I don't know that Rodgers is going to be like an MVP-type candidate, but I do think that they will be... Plus 2,200. Hey, I mean, not bad. Probably the best odds you'll ever get on Aaron Rodgers to win an MVP, um, at least today, probably worse going forward. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like, they didn't give him any weapons, which is very unfortunate. A lot of Packer fans are very upset about it, myself You included, included. yeah. Um, I
1: recall. But, <laughs>
0: very, pretty disappointed by that. <laughs> didn't, love, did,
1: didn't love that pick, did you?
0: No, did not love it. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, they – they do have like all those young receivers back. They obviously have Adams and Jones, and um, you know they add AJ Dillon, who looks like an absolute beast in the second round as their new change of pace running back. I think that Jamal Williams is likely to get traded or you know potentially even cut, or and cost. so which is great for me. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too. Jesus, that was awful. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that they'll be better offensively and defense-wise, like. You know, they've got a lot of young players, so I expect them to be, you know, more of the same, which is for better or for worse, as you pointed out. Like at times it was really, really good and carried them. At times it was really bad and you know, didn't even give them a chance against San Francisco. So um yeah, I think you're gonna see a pretty similar team. I don't expect a huge drop off, but yeah, record wise I do.
1: Yeah, I, I, I I'm interested to see how that offense performs and, and how how into it. Aaron Rodgers is. I I don't. I feel like at times there's a little bit of, and this this might you might disagree with this completely, but Aaron Rodgers, in a on a much much smaller scale, gives me a little bit of Jay Cutler vibes these last couple years. Uh, Yeah. Not 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 on the on the field play. I just mean you're not thinking that. I just mean like the way he approaches things and has this like I don't care that much vibe sometimes. Right, and sometimes you see the fiery Aaron Rodgers when he wins a night game. You know, on Sunday night or Monday night football and, you know, he looks like a kid again and is excited. I just – I don't know why there's that inconsistency. I think it probably has to do with some of the disconnect between him and, you know, the management of the of the team and the front office and things like that. I assume that that has – or maybe it's just his personality. Um, but I, that – I just hope that he can – that the offensive line can play well and that those weapons that he has there on offense can stay healthy. I think those are the keys for the, for the Packers this year. And obviously the defense yeah. is, is an important thing. But I think Aaron Rodgers obviously still has those tools to be the Aaron Rodgers of old. But we've seen him do that and we've also seen him not do that at times. And I'm just I'm interested to see kind of how that narrative plays out, especially with them drafting a quarterback so early.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always cool to hear your perspective because I think you generally like him. And, um, you know, it's it's I'm so steeped in it that it's hard to see the forest or the trees. And so I, like...
1: Imagine I think- not ever having that as a fan. <laughs>
0: well, you're about to embark on that, buddy, <laughs> we'll see. so enjoy it. Um, no, I I think that, yeah, I think there's something to that. I, I think that there's been a lot of frustration out of him and he shuts down when, like his secondary receivers suck or, you know, something goes wrong. He just gets really sour and petul- petulant. And I think that that's been,
1: you know, a problem. And he's earned that. He's earned the right to be that way. I mean, right. I yeah. like the demand, like Tom Brady's that way and nobody criticizes him for it, but people criticize Aaron Rodgers for it all the time.
0: Right. But yeah, I mean, the problem, the difference is just the rings. And so yep. like the def- deference goes to Brady a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I. This is like my life being relived every day right here. So yeah, I, I, I totally. Uh, yeah, I, I am, but I feel that way for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean,
1: should have made I, a play was, for Jameis this
0: offseason. <laughs> they, they basically have like the young version of him. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give my Bengals take before you jump in. Yeah, I, like,
1: I was hoping you would.
0: I'm, I'm super pumped for you. Like, I think that there's like a lot of very reasonable excitement there around, you know, what might be I like, I don't necessarily know that you guys are going to jump in and be like a, a super, like, th- like it's going to show up a ton in the win loss column, to be totally honest. But I do think that I know that we won't, <laughs> I think that like the problem with the team is more at the margins rather than where it matters. You know, like if you think about a team success being built around, you know, the things that matter, like quarterback, you know, having good pass rushers, being able to defend the pass. I think that they did a good job of trying to patch that stuff together this offseason. But most importantly, they built the foundation at at the thing that matters the most. And, you know, it's just that's just a great sign. And and beyond that, they've put the pieces around him, to Like he just gets to drop in there and be the guy with like such a great set of, you know of of people of tools to work with and i think that that's going to be you know a lot of that goes falls on zach taylor and we'll know we'll learn a lot about zach taylor this year a lot more than last year um but i'm i'm excited for you i think there are going to be massive really exciting flashes and i think by this time next year we'll be talking about a team that's very much like very much like we're talking about the cardinals i think this year which is it's a fun thing to think back to Like imagine being in that place. Cause I think that they're, they're the, you know, the team that's about to explode onto the scene.
1: Yeah. It's hard to ignore the amount of talent they have at the wide receiver position, the potential at the quarterback position, Joe Mixon, I think is, is quietly a top 10 running back, maybe even top oh, five. Yeah. When you look at his production over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what they've done on the defensive line, I mean, DJ Reader is just – it's such an under-the-radar great addition. I, right. I just – I love that to pair with Geno Atkins. They've still got Carlos Dunlap and, and, a, and a really a great defensive line. The question marks are not those things. They did a good job of adding secondary players too. The question marks are at the linebacker position, which they have been for years. They haven't had a good linebacker since Fontez Berfic broke people's ankles every every game and got suspended for the next three. <laughs> Um, And then on the offensive line, it's just – are those question marks – obviously they're moving on from Cordy Glenn and hoping that Jonah Williams is going to be that anchor that they drafted him to be. But nobody knows that. Billy Price has kind of been a bust. Is he even going to be able to get a look? Nobody really knows what this offensive line is going to look like. And if it's bad, which I expect it to be, this could be a disaster – for Joe Burrow as far as being able to stay healthy. And that's the key I think for him, because if he can stay healthy and they can at least do a, a decent job of protecting him, he'll be a productive player this year. They might go, you know, six and 10 or, or seven and nine, uh, but they will be a fun team to watch because they'll put up points. They have weapons. They'll get people the ball that need to see the ball. And I think Zach Taylor has a, a, a genuinely good enough offensive mind to make them interesting and to keep mm. them fun. And, and they'll, they'll have a couple upsets along the way. I'm sure. I just mm-hmm. don't I, – I just – I kind of fear the obvious, which is, you know, the Bengals are going to bangle. And I just – I, until, I, until I'm proven wrong, I, that's – it's hard to get that out of my mind. And I just – I feel like the line is just going to be so, so miserable to watch.
0: I, I totally hear you. The one thing I keep going back to on the line is just – well, two things, I guess. First of all, like LSU's offensive line wasn't that great last year. It was definitely – their weakest point i would say in terms of like every, when you look down their lap and that's not saying a lot because they were they were so loaded everywhere else but you know burrow like is in such complete command of the field and so that's the first part i think that he's in such complete command of the field and he knows how to like read pressures and coverages and like I wouldn't pretend to know how to like see that but like it's just so obvious to me in Joe Brady's offense that he was able to do that for LSU and I think that the you know that 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 transfer is going to be relatively seamless as far as like being able to see the field similarly and it sounds like he's played a role with Zach Taylor already in implementing some of that stuff which is a great sign to overcome that weakness but number two and I think probably the most more important sign is Like, just his size, like his sheer size is going to help him hopefully, I think, avoid some of those injuries. And I I know that Cam's a huge guy, and he's had injury problems. And, like, you know, obviously Carson Palmer was as big as it gets as a quarterback in terms of physical stature. But Joe Burrow's a different kind of player, and he moves differently. And I just think that that's going to be a really good – those two things in combination are things that I'm not sure – like Palmer or Newton have like Newton was always trying to get, he's always trying to find the contact almost. And Palmer was just a statue. And so I like, I think that I don't know that that's like a great combo to like combine those two or like, if that makes a lot of sense. But to me, when I think about those and then his brain, it's, I do think that he's going to be okay. Even with like, I agree, like definitely a substandard, maybe one of the worst lines in the league for sure.
1: In the history of the league. <laughs>
0: But yeah, like if he was Tua, I'd be like, they shouldn't even put him out there. Just throw him in bubble wrap and wait till you get three better linemen. But no, I, guess... I,
1: I like I like the fact that he's going to get a chance to play early because they have they have enough weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, just you could play the screen game a little bit more, which which Joe Mixon is probably one of the best backs in the league at doing. Um, you know, get the ball out in space with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and and uh-huh. AJ Green. I mean, you and or or keep two tight ends or three tight ends in and 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 allow them to be additional blockers when you i, I just i, yeah. I just yep. don't know if if Zach Taylor is innovative and creative enough i think he's a good offensive mind it's just going to be interesting to see if he is sophisticated enough to allow Joe Burrow to have the success that he should have with that talent
0: that's totally agree i think that that's the only limit in my mind to burrow is like health beyond that line and Whatever Zach Taylor does or doesn't let him get to, and like you can't get all get to it all in one year, obviously, but you you'll see flashes, I think, in either direction. And I think that ultimately Burrow is going to be the one making those decisions in terms of like who's the guy that sort of you know carries on his career. And I think that's you know that's a pretty exciting prospect to know that you've got that guy for the next you know fifteen years or whatever,
1: if he's not a bust, if he's not (laughs) Jamarcus Russell yeah i'm not worried about that <laughs> yeah i don't think he's that but uh either way I, the fact that lucas giolito had a no hitter tonight i think that's a good omen for both the Bengals, Thanks. the the and the, and the packers and this show going forward
0: wow unbelievable what a trifecta this show might be number one on sports podcasts next week
1: i think it's a safe bet i mean if bovada had a line for it we would be in the minus something category <laughs> odds on for sure definitely All right. Anything you wanted to add? Anything we didn't get to? Anything you want to touch on before we let our listeners get back to their week?
0: No, that just like the chances of that happening while we were doing this live are like literally zero, right? That's that is unbelievable. That's so cool. I'm I'm so glad that happened.
1: Yes, that is that is pretty darn cool. Hopefully, we we see some other good things happen along the way. But we are in the midst of the NBA playoffs, which we both are, are big fans of, and hopefully that starts to ramp up as the matchups get a little bit more heated. And mm-hmm. you know, we're, uh, other th- big,
0: our teams in that one. So yeah, <laughs>
1: thank God both <laughs> of our teams aren't in it. Uh, but but there's, there's just so many things going on in the world right now. It's fun to have the escape of sports back, uh, you know, just to be able to to kind of take your mind off of everything else. And, you know, I know a lot of people are hurt and I know that there's a lot going on in the world. I know that, the, you know, the, 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 the virus has put a damper on a lot of people's moods and jobs and everything else. But it, it is it – is, there's something to be said for this escape we, we have in life called sports. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy sharing that with you, my friend
0: oh likewise that was I mean I can't add anything to that that was amazing agreed
1: fair enough well our time has come to an end on the underdog sports fantasy hour for Anshu I am Josh Dunn we will see you guys next week